I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of a family Wherever I roam, up and way home That's where I long to be I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of insanity Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity Make a smile November until opening day Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way That's when Red Sox Day shuts the rocks I'm a member of Red Sox Good evening everyone and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late tonight on Periscope, the podcast as always can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and literally everywhere. Red Sox just wrapped up a Four-game set against the Baltimore Orioles, splitting it two games apiece. Red Sox record is now 6-11, and and they are six and a half games out of first place to the Tampa Bay Rays. I am Terry Cushman, and I'm joined, as always, by Jeremy Schilling and Stephanie Allen. How are you guys? Doing good. Terry, I'm going to answer your question with a question. <laughs> How the fuck do you think I'm doing? Um, you're straight oh, out of man. going my way is uh, how I think you're doing. I'm not doing well. All right. The Bruins just lost. Oh, This is a goddamn nightmare. Wow. This is a goddamn nightmare. Fucking ass nightmare. And, and we're going to get into it. But we're walking into New York and then the double rays. And I'm going to tell you right now, this could go bad. So buckle up, Red Sox Nation, because by the time we're a podcast or two away from tonight, we could either, we, we honestly all could be looking for a tall building. <laughs> I'm so stressed out right now. I almost forgot to put shorts on. I was in the shower, and I'm like, oh, my God, wow. I'm in my underwear. I got to – yeah. Thankfully, we can just see the top. I know, and, and, I'm, and I'm fat, too, so it's not pleasant. Um, hey, but- Terrence, speak for the podcast uh, listenership, okay? No one wants to hear about your, your pants situation. Well, okay? I'm, or, I'm or an open of. book. I'm an open book. Exactly. So. Especially lack of. Especially lack of. Yeah, well, like you said, wait till maybe a couple episodes from now. Who knows what the fuck I'm going to be wearing. But uh, anyway, uh, go ahead and uh, take us through these four games, Jeremy. So coming out of the Blue Jays, the the big topic uh, for, I think, all of Red Sox Nation, certainly our, this podcast, was momentum. We figured we had some momentum. Instead, we got the Chris Davis redemption tour. <laughs> uh, he didn't start... One, but uh, we actually did have a ray of hope to start the series. Erod was good. Uh, ben Benintendi went Oppo Taco. Uh, Bradley's defense was a was a significant highlight in this game. Big, big, big time. Not only the type of play and the athleticism, 
but he made two plays at really big moments. Um, so the Red Sox win game one, six, four. We think we have momentum. <clears throat> Wrong. Momentum, zero. Chris Davis, 0 for 54. Um, Porcello said, I'm going to take responsibility here. And I'm going to get Chris Davis off the schneid. <laughs> so he sucked. At a, he sucked. Um I mean, honestly, I went to the Red Sox. Uh, doc, I actually wrote this in my notes. He he sucks so bad that when I went to see the blurb, like the video of the game afterwards, it was Masson, M-A-S-N, which is the Orioles broadcast. RedSox.com was playing Masson's video feed for the highlights of the game. That's how good this one went, 9-5 Orioles. Momentum destroyed. Price comes back. Pitched like an ace. He's now 101 with a 3.79. He's the only person uh, in the uh, starting rotation with an ERA under a touchdown. So he was really, really good. At one nothing late in the game, Xander puts it away with a three-run Johnson. Big-time home run. Needed it. Loved it. I had the run line, so I needed him to win by two. Big home run for me as well. Sox win 4 nothing. Game four, I'm not even going to talk about it. Um... It was so fucking disappointing. It was pathetic. It was a bullpen game. I was in the middle of a work thing, so I got to see very little of it. I mostly watched it through the ESPN app. The re- the Chris Davis redemption tour, full on, full on. Started with Porcello, who who let it, you know gave up the first hit, another hit, had a bunch of RBIs. Today he hits his first home run of the season, uh, maybe the first home run in the millennial for that guy. Uh, the whole thing was a goddamn nightmare. Sox lose eight to one. I'm terrible, and uh, I'm done with the recap. Yeah, I mean it was a split, which you know was technically our best series, but it it felt like a bad one for some reason. Right, yeah, well, but it was a split with the Orioles. I know. <laughs> Please, exactly. Wait, wow. Anyway, uh, let's uh, go ahead and get right into shout outs and call outs for. Anyone new to this segment, we will, all three of us, shout out a player on the Red Sox or MLB-wide, and then we'll come around and we will call out a member uh, like so who did not uh, perform very well. Uh, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead and uh, lead off with your shout out? My shout-out, much to my own surprise, because last year if you had asked me about him, I would have told you he was overpaid and overrated, and now I am fangirling him. The one and only David Price. Um, (laughs) He's, uh, like Jeremy said, he's our only pitcher right now with an ERA, what was that, lower than a touchdown. Um, He's... Yep. He's pitching great. His numbers at Fenway are ridiculous. 21 and 6, 13 and 1 in his last 14 starts at Fenway. He's he's become the man right now and um the most consistent pitcher we have, which is shocking and crazy, but shout out David Price. I would So uh, I'm on J I'm on JD. Uh oh, I'm sorry, Terry, do you want to say something? Well, I was just going to say I will be running for re-election for the uh David Price haters fan club and uh but anyway go, go ahead jeremy with your shout out haters fan club i that's the best i could do all right so i'd like to comment on terry's comment <laughs> because it was that bad uh i had chills down my spine about how bad that that one was um i was gonna make you said, the treasurer we, we can 
the, the, those uh, in Terry's camp who, and, and by Terry's camp, I mean the people who say things that are wrong and then continue to stand behind them, that's the Terry's camp, just so we all know. Whoa, all, whoa, all hang, on, hang on, hang on. Time out. Here. Time out. Uh, I, was, I was rooting for David Price because <laughs> we can't. No, I, yeah. He's become rootable for. He wasn't before. I couldn't stand him, but he's our guy at the Guys, moment. Guys, he's, he's our only. I, Stephanie, you reiterated all you need to know. He's our only starting pitcher with an earned run average under a touchdown. So, and then you've got Eli. Get on board him. if you're not, because he's the only hope at this point. So, look, my shout out. Uh, wait a minute. Shout out, yeah. I, the, the, yeah. the names confuse me. I'm going to be honest with you. The person who did well that I'd like to discuss is JD Martinez. And it's honestly, I was kind of thinking about who I wanted to pick, and I was like, you know who we haven't selected once so far? And we're, what is it, you know, 17 games into the season? Um, he's been awesome. Awesome. So, seven, he's played in every game, 64 at bats. He's uh, he scored nine runs. He's got five doubles, three home runs, nine RBIs. Uh, he's walked seven times, so he's walking over ten percent of plate appearances. He's only struck out seven times. He's hitting three forty four. His OPS is a one point one zero four. So if he can keep the pace up that he's on right now, he'll win the MVP. Um, so. I don't obviously expect that. Uh, he's, I mean, it's it's a small sample size. He's been really, really good the whole time, and it, we just haven't talked about it because of how bad the program's been. But uh, JD Martinez, credit to you for just quietly going out doing your job when there's literally hand grenades going off around you. I I actually did shout him out. I think it was the Seattle series uh, early on, but. Um, that was an ugly series, and I, he was the only one who really showed up in that one, I felt like. but well, it I, hasn't been an ugly series. I probably <laughs> ignored Terrence's take. That's why I said that. Right. Yeah, I think, in all honesty, I'll, this might sound like a hot take. I don't think it is. He's the best hitter on the Boston Red Sox, and I'll even say that for 2018. He's just purely the best hitter on the team, better than Mookie Betts. And he's consistent. And this year, if you're not on board with that on on this day, you know, in mid-April, you will be by mid-June because he, yeah. he is the best. Um, Andy, I, I think that's contributed to his work ethic and his focus. I mean, you know, it's been talked about and talked about. He can go all over the field. Know. He can go all over the yeah. field. Wherever he wants to put that ball, it goes. And he's like... Right an unofficial hitting coach. I mean, so I, I think he's awesome. And, and that, that's a big reason why I, I kind of hope we find a way to retain him. But uh, my shout out, uh, I, I go last every week. Uh, I'll go with uh, Bogarts. He was big uh, in game three, you know, hit that three run shot late. I mean, we were laying there like dead fish. <laughs> until you know, until he hit that three-run bomb, and then there was an earlier game in the series where he did knock in uh, two runs. So he was one of the more productive uh, players in the series for the Red Sox. And unlike some of the other guys who signed contracts, he's definitely living up to it. You know, for uh, a freshly signed contract, I don't know if the ink has had a chance to dry yet. 
and uh, just really impressed uh, with him. Uh, Stephanie, go ahead uh, with your call-out. My call-out is Carlos Debless. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. Uh, third base coach. There's been so many base running errors, whether it's uh, running when we shouldn't or not running when we should. And um, so for that, I think he owns some responsibility. And when I was doing some research, I saw articles about him even dating back last season, which it wasn't as glaring because we had such a great record, but um, where his his coaching was called into question, and I, I see the theme continuing. Yeah, and, you know, it was a big problem last year. So eventually somebody yeah. is going to get fired, you know, on Alex Cora's staff, and I, I don't know if it will be this year. Uh, if you go back to 2013, it was uh, the pitching coach, Juan Nieves, you know, who right. did a great job in 2013 with that team, but he was the first to go. So I, I don't know if it'll be uh, Feebles this time. Jeremy, who would you like to call out? So I, I texted everyone that I was going to pick Buki. He's been absolutely terrible. Um, reigning MVP, hitting 222. His OPS is still 832 because he's got three doubles and three home runs. Um, he's been really bad he's been so bad where he actually for the first time in his red sox tenure stated that he's been bad i just did a switcheroo though the old switcheroo credit credit to me for seeing the bigger picture i'm going dustin pedroia the little leader oh i'm doing it okay <laughs> because i was I'm, i literally have the chart of the performance up for the whole entire offensive uh part of the red sox He's hitting a buck oh five. So he he's been god fucking awful. His OPS is two fifty five. He has sucked. Um and I just realized I could be stepping on Terry's toes because I don't remember his call out, but I'll um again credit to me, I'm willing to take the risk. He has sucked really hard. He stinks, he's terrible. Uh, the Pedroia, uh, you know, Twitter gang, as I would call them, you know, they all run around with like jerseys from ten years ago. They, despite the fact that they've all gained twenty pounds, so the jersey's a little too too tight. They're still wearing the jersey. <laughs> credit, cre credit to me for being able to criticize them. One oh five, two fifty five OPS, and now he's at twenty eight bats or nineteen at bat. So he's played in five games. He sucks, guys. He sucks. And, and if you're listening to this and you're getting your Twitter fingers out and you're like, Tip it. this is you typing the tweet, right? Fuck you, Jeremy. Fuck you, Jeremy. He sucks. You got nothing. He sucks. He sucked for years. And we have talked about this on this podcast. Don't expect anything from this guy. And he has been absolutely god-awful. So I'm sorry. I'm doing the switcheroo. I told the group chat I was picking Mookie. Credit again to me for seeing the big picture. Dustin Pedroia, you stink. Get the fuck out of Boston. And, I mean, part of it's the team's fault, too. I mean, they had no business even calling him up. He should still be in extended spring training. His, you can tell just by watching him, the bat speed just isn't there. Like, he's not getting ahead of it. And he did, he did hit a couple of dribblers over to short, so I don't know if you want to call that getting ahead of it. But um, just not... 
not looking rolling good. over rolling over on bad pitches is not getting ahead of it it's it's rolling over on bad pitches right i, I don't think that's like bat speed fair enough it just and and to put him in the leadoff spot for crying out loud <laughs> it just makes zero sense so brutal well yeah. it's actually smart if you have a tea time and you want to get out of there <laughs> early because he gets the most at bats true true um, well, I'm going to be a little weird with mine because I was going to go with Mookie and then Jeremy stole him from me. And so wow. I was going with Porcello. So super quick with Porcello. He fucking sucks. Five walks. Five walks in his last start of which he only went four innings. The guy is just absolutely putrid. 2015, they had to do the phantom injury just to get him out of there. And they might have to do the same thing. And... I was listening to part of, uh, I think I was commuting uh, at least a few of the innings while he was on the mound, and they had Rob Bradford in the WEI booth, and and they were asking him, Joe Castig and whoever the guest is, because there's like a million guest hosts this year, uh, were asking basically if he was a little butthurt. That wasn't obviously the word they used, but... If he was butthurt over the fact that they didn't offer him an extension, whether it could be screwing with his head, uh, you know, and who who really knows? I mean, only Rick Porcello knows that, but the guy just isn't right, and it's just just a total disaster. And, I mean, we're going to be coming from behind every time, you know, he starts, it feels like. He just hasn't been remotely good. With Mookie... He he was three for twenty one, as Jeremy said. Um, I just want to point this out. You know, he's an every other year guy. It seems like he won the MVP in twenty eighteen. Probably should have won it in twenty sixteen. They gave it to Trout. Yeah, you can't really complain, but it was pretty close. And then, so the year in between twenty seventeen, he hits two sixty four with a three forty four OBP. 459 slugging. Those aren't terrible. I mean, it's it's not MVP, but it's not terrible. Uh, You know, he wasn't in the conversation for MVP all year. 24 bombs, 102 uh, runs batted in that year. His OPS was only 108, though. Average is 100, and so that's just barely above average. Uh, Just for perspective, last year his OPS was 188, so it was literally 80 points higher. And, you know, that was his MVP year. And, you know, we'll probably talk Mookie extension talk. We won't do it today, but that will probably come up throughout the season still. And Mike Trout right now, Mike Trout, this is disgusting. His slash line, he's batting 406. His OBP is 592, and his slugging is 938. Now, obviously, that's going to come down, but that just goes to show you how consistent Mike Trout is, you know, and why he got that big deal, you know, 430-whatever million. And Mookie's just not that guy. He's not Mike Trout, and he's off to a bad start, and you're going to see people... I haven't really heard it yet, but you're going to have people chirping, oh, he's got to go back to the leadoff spot. He can't hit in the two-hole. Well, I mean, if he can't hit in the two-hole, is he really a $400 million guy? If it, if something he so... Wanted out of the, he wanted out of the leadoff spot. No one could say that. He's the one that said, I don't want to hit leadoff. Well, Alex Cora announced in December that he would not 
hit leadoff, and that Benintendi would uh, slide into that. Benintendi only hit two home runs post-All-Star break, which both were in August or earlier. So, um, you know, I, I don't I, I, per, I don't remember seeing Mookie say, get me out of this position. He was all for it going into 2018. He, he was for it in the, the later part of uh, 2017 with John Farrell. He campaigned for it. Farrell let him do it. Um, and I'm just saying, I mean, that's got, that might be a thing <laughs> going forward. You know, I mean, his best hitting always comes out of leadoff. And that that is a product of the portion of Red Sox. And it's not just Red Sox, the Red Sox fan base, but just the fan base of whatever respective team only looking for positive. That that would be. It's just such a bad take. What, what is he seeing different pitches? Is he using it like a longer bat because he's in the two hole? Not. I mean, what? It's just such an excuse. I love the. So, I, I I hate I I. I, I'm going to be strong against anybody using that as an excuse. He, Mookie hasn't objected. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I the whole thing sucks. He, he's a, he took some responsibility today, which I like. By the way, um, we talked uh, last podcast about Sale admitting that he sucks, uh, even though Cora then went like literally minutes later into a into a. Uh, conference or i'm sorry presser and, and and gave a bunch of excuses but i like when pro athletes um take responsibility so uh, that to me is encouraging the one thing i'll say about mookie right and mookie i no one has praised mookie more than me as far as like again i call him an nba point guard athletic wise playing right field at fenway park he's got quick hands he hits he can hit any pitch within the strike zone He's not like again. Terry loves when I use other sports, so um, <laughs> I'm going to do that right now. Okay. <laughs> the great, the the truly great team sport athletes. Okay, so we're talking Tom Brady, you know MJ. I'm going to verp a little bit saying this, but LeBron. They don't have off years in their prime. Um, they just don't. They they literally are who they are every single year and that's why and i hate to do this but i agree with terry that trout is a transcendental like i just butchered that word so transcendence me because i admitted it but <laughs> transcendent player because he doesn't have an off year like he, he he gets like what it was a couple years ago he hurt his wrist on a on a on a pitch inside he, he went on the dl for like two weeks came back and at the end of the year, you didn't like his stats didn't even reflect that he missed two weeks. Guy, the 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 best of the best, Tom Brady's, the MJ's, the Trout's, um, they just literally don't have down years. Mookie has had down years, um, and I'm not I'm not ready to say he's going to be down this year. Uh, but but when the second point is. When you're when the team of the superstar is struggling, the superstar always rises to the top, always pulls his team out of it. MJ, you know, Pippen gets hurt, or or uh, Horace Grant, and I'm going back and I'm back in the annals here. But you're missing key players. MJ steps up. MJ scores sixty. 
Brady throws for 350 with five touchdowns to guys we don't even remember who he's throwing those touchdowns to. Uh, LeBron uh, famously won some, uh, not the Miami years, but he won the Cavaliers championship with a whole bunch of just scrubs. Trout, uh, unfortunately with baseball, you can't just will your team to the World Series being the best because there's so many moving parts and pitching and everything else. But he he's kept them relevant because of his greatness. You know, listeners, that's not Mookie. And don't go atting me on Twitter. You're going to get not saying, so added tonight. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying he can't be the guy. But before you at me on Twitter, really truly ask yourself, is, has he been that guy? He hasn't been that guy this year. And as Terry said, he wasn't good in 17. So not not like, you know, MVP every year like Trout is an MVP candidate every year. I'm not saying he was terrible, but he wasn't an MVP candidate in 17. And this year, when we need him the absolute most, he's hitting 222. He struck out 13 times, you know, 13 times. It's not good enough. He, he's and, 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 you know, for all those people that are like, just write a blank check. He's not worth that blank check. Again, if this guy wants four hundred million, see you never. So he's in. He's what I hear uh, you and Terry saying is he's in even year, odd year, even year player. Which out here in California, that's what they say about the Giants that they're even year champs, even though it's been a while. <laughs> well, that's true as well. You know, ten, oh, twelve, and fourteen. <laughs> Every other year. That was kind of crazy, though, because they literally won three World Series, you know, on year, off year, off year, off year. Like, it was crazy. But um, I hope I'm wrong with Mookie, and I hope Terry's wrong with Mookie, and I hope, you know, a month from now he's right up there. But, again, the well, greats come to the top when their team needs them the most, and he has not done that. So, I mean, and no no one can dispute that. Just look at his batting average. He sucked. He's getting on base at a 324 clip, which, by the way, is not good from a guy. Rafi Devers is at 343 on base. Yeah. Rafi, that's yeah. 20, uh, 19 points higher than Mookie. So 350 so. <laughs> is where I kind of would like them to be, at least, you know, for a borderline elite player. Um, but just two observations before we move on. You know, first of all, though, the Trout sets that bar high because, and and this is the second thing, and I might be a little early to this party. I'm always early to the party, but um, I think he's the greatest baseball player of all time. And if people want to disagree with me, totally fine, totally fine. We can revisit that in six, eight, ten years, whatever. But, you know, all these teams have all the data in the world to defeat Mike Trout, to, to find ways to do it. They didn't have this technology back in the day. And even with all this technology in 2019, they can't do it. Mike Trout's the king. He owns everybody. And he only one year in his career did he finish under the top two in MVP voting. And that was a fourth place finish. I think that was actually last year. He's been top two every other year of his career in the MVP voting. So, I mean, that's who we're comparing Mookie Betts to. And I guess if that's his competition, I mean, that still makes him 
a top three Red Sox player of all time, depending on where you want to put Ted Williams, where you want to put Big Poppy, and then finally Mookie. You know, I, I don't really care what order you put all them in. You know, I have grown quite fond of Ted Williams over the years, though. Um, so anyway, that's that's how I feel about you know that for now. And I do think Mookie will turn it around. Will he be insanely off the charts like last year? Probably not, but. I think he's going to have a good year and, and probably a top 10 MVP year, most likely. Um, he's got baby hangover. It could be. That's a great point. It's a whole new world. I mean, yeah. they said something one game about him traveling and having the baby in his room and like, what? No. Yeah, I um, I used that when I had my two kids. <laughs> and my my bosses were totally understanding when my performance dipped by like twenty two percent. Look with Trout, with I, I I'm sorry, I hate when athletes are for whatever reason immune to real life problems. I'm a father, Stephanie. You have children. Yeah. Um, I have dogs. You know. Yeah. Terrence has problems. <laughs> um, mainly with his personality, but that's I guess a different podcast. But in all seriousness, right? And I've talked about this with the Brock Holt injury and other and other situations. I hate, I hate, I hate when athletes use real life problems like, "Hey, moron!" All the people that go to your games go to your games because we have kids at home and we're trying to get a night away and and just have like adult time. So I mean, <laughs> no one gives a fuck that you have to like cradle your kids to sleep because we've all done it. And guess what? We've all gotten our asses up in the morning and gone and done our jobs. Now, not for millions, millions of dollars per at bat, but I mean, just seriously, I just I can't, I literally can't stand that. Like, uh, and, and, and not that he said anything, but you know, he is kind of you know being a little bit more open about his personal life and his kid than he's been at almost any other part of his life except for his like bowling which he loves to talk about which i like because i'm a bowler but um just quickly on the trout thing terry i'm not gonna hate your take on him being the best of all time i don't i, I hate the timing of it there's he's still in his prime and he and the way he takes care of himself and the way his career is going and the in the the level of consistency it's, it's like one of those things where with trout and Again, I don't hate your take, but in my pot, my spot, my, my position is he's been so good, so consistent, and now he's locked up long term with the Angels. I'm just not in a rush to place him in history yet because I think by himself and and what he's going to do, I, I think he's going to potentially eliminate the conversation. That, if he does this fine. for another eight to ten years. That's there, there's not going to be there's not going to be a conversation to be had. So I, I don't I don't think I don't think you're going to be wrong. I really and he's remarkably healthy. And when he does get hurt, he's back quick. You know. So um, I, I'm I'm not in a real rush to place him in history yet because his numbers are just he's going to have his, his numbers could his numbers may only be forty fifty percent of what they're going to be in a decade. It's crazy to think that, but he's that good. And, you know, it's it, the other thing is, last year, at certain points, I was arguing that Mookie was better than Trout. Boy, was I stupid. <laughs> Dummy. I, I, I'll wear that again. Credit to me for admitting that I was wrong. Um, but he he's, like, Mookie, after the way the Sox have performed and how he has not risen to the top, well, by, by the way, my uh, uh, shout-out, JD, has <laughs> 
um, and Moreland has. Um, Mookie hasn't, and that's that's not indicative of greatness, like elite-level greatness, because he's great, but not elite-level greatness. Fair enough. Um, let's, I, I got a gripe, you know, getting back to the uh, Red Sox here. You're going to gripe? Yeah, I, I've never done it before, but... Um, <laughs> Buckle up. Here we go. Here we go. It's been bothering me since probably at least Saturday. Chris Sale should have started today's game. Okay. It it would have been on normal rest for him. And I hate this take because I agree with it, by the way. That's just a little precursor here. Okay. And there's there's a few reasons why it, it needed to happen because... I think the reason why he did not start today was because the Red Sox coaching staff, Alex Cora, probably even the front office, they're a little frazzled and they're a little frustrated and they're a little bewildered because they can't seem to come up with any solutions to you know to to fix him yet. It's completely uncharted waters, and I don't think they like the way he got booed in the home opener. And I think they just think it's better for him to figure it out on the road and not at home. Now, here's where we kind of fucked ourselves with this. He's probably not going to do all that well in the Bronx. And if you started him today and just let him try to work it out, it probably would have been a winnable game, hopefully, against the Orioles. We wouldn't, I mean, bullpenning it with this bullpen is fucking scary. The, the, I, we shouldn't do that if we can avoid it. But looking ahead to the Yankees series, if he did start today, Nathan Avaldi would have started tomorrow night, game one. Since joining the Red Sox last year, he pitched 20, uh, excuse me, 23 innings, and that includes the seven, uh, you know, in the playoffs against the Yankees. So 23 innings against the Yankees, only gave up one run to them in those 23 innings. That's a 0.39 ERA. Now, he looks like shit, so who knows if he's going to do it. But you know what? He looked like shit for most of the second half of last year, and he still dominated the Yankees. So I'm going to take it for face value right now, whether people agree with me or not. And I'm going to say he's probably going to pitch well. So that would have been tomorrow night. Wednesday night would be Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, that might not sound great on the surface, but... Rodriguez is a career 316 guy against the Yankees. Career 316. At Yankee Stadium, he's slightly lower than that. He's a 3.00 ERA guy. Those should have been the matchups for the Yankees. Those matchups give us the best chance to win, and they don't have their best players on the field. And the pitching matchups, which we're going to get into, aren't exactly even favorable for the Yankees because Hap and Paxton are are struggling right now themselves. They're having their own issues. So I just think those were the winnable games. You start sale at home today, hope for the best. It would have been better than doing it with this bullpen if you get five or six innings of two or three run ball. As it turned out, you know, we only scored one run, but you know, if you told me that Chris Sale could give you five innings, just no more than a few runs, I would have taken that. And I don't I don't like seeing this when we're four and five games under 500. You need to give yourself the best chance to win every day until, you know, we we have a winning record and we're, we're contending because we're not contending right now. I 
totally agree with you, Terry. Um, one thing you said, though, is that the coaches or front office are scrambling and they can't figure out how to fix Chris Sale. I think they're, they have so many things to try and figure out how to fix right now. Chris Sale, Porcello, um, Mookie, like, it's a lot of work. Yeah, well, they, you know, part of it is, you know, they they did sign him you know to a big deal and they don't want they don't want that to become a public image you know nightmare right so but trying to save face yeah and i don't know i mean all this laboring what is that doing you know to chris sale for for august and september because he's never even when he's lights out he he's never he, he never has the endurance to get through those last couple of months so i'm just I mean, is is the window shorter? Is he going to fall off the cliff in early July now? I mean, like I said, completely uncharted waters. Well, just say you agree, Jeremy. It'll be okay. I hate hate doing it twice in one night. Here it comes. Here it comes. I know. It's, it's like, because when I do agree with them, I'm like, wait a minute, am I wrong? You know? So, it's epic. Uh, and, and that happens so rarely. Um, that you're wrong or that you yeah. agree with Terry? Yeah, I know that I'm wrong generally. And that's why I never agree with Terry. So, um, this, is, this is the pussification of the North American professional athlete. It's, and I and look, it goes even deeper than that. It's the early start. It's the fact that there was some potential weather in the area. And we've got this $150 million asset who can't throw a fastball over 90 miles an hour. The, the whole thing sucks. And, if you, and, and by the way, lost in all this is the unfair treatment of Velasquez. Because that guy grinds. He's an absolute yeah. gamer, team guy. He, he will pitch like... Like I'm, I'm convinced. If Cora went to him, is like, look, Velasquez. I know you threw like 65 pitches yesterday, and you blew out your, you know, and you need Tommy John, but I need you to go out there lefty tonight. He'd be like, all right, could you just get me a glove? Like he, he, he's done everything that they've asked of him in every fucking role with zero preparation, and you didn't put him in a position to be a starter. I mean, he's not stretched out. He has not gone through the part of the throwing program that would be necessary for a guy who's going to be expected to be starting games. He was meant to be the long reliever, two, three innings max, 40 pitches. And he's asked to start games and then and get in the, in, in, into the third time through the lineup. It's not fair to him. Okay, it's not fair to him. So, all right, now on the flip side, you're paying Chris Sale a hundred and fifty million fucking dollars to be the starter, not not just a starter, your ace, your stop. And when and when you're when you suck and you can't beat the Orioles, today was the day that he was supposed to earn start earning his money. Go out there, be the guy we need you to be, and get us one. We need to win this game because, like I said at the outset of the podcast, right before the recap. You're going to New York and you're going to play the Devil Rays. And the Devil Rays are a legit program right now. They got an elite manager, in my opinion. They got the re- the reigning Cy Young Award winner. And they got, they're got they hitting the cover off the ball. And I don't care that the Yankees are struggling, too. They're still loaded. They're still talented. It's still New York. 
they had to win today, and they just went, we're going to go bullpen game. We're Not gonna, just we're bullpen, but... We're going to take the Maserati that we just spent $125,000 on. We're going to put that in the garage because it's raining a little bit. And we're going to come out with the we're going to come out with the the Ford Focus. Nothing against Ford Focus; they're reliable, right? They're great. I wouldn't mind driving one myself. But you just spent one hundred and fifty million dollars on the Maserati. What the hell are you doing, Alex Cora? And I'm assuming the the, the decision came from up top because it's I, I hate the move. It's it's against the the fact that this team needs to win. And look, I understand it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. I understand it's 162 and not and not 17. But there's a point where you're going to lose this division and potentially a wild card spot because you've been so fucking pathetic in April that you're you're you, the Rays are running away with this thing. They're going to run away with this thing. And if the Rays even play 500 baseball, they end up whatever they are, 12 games over 500, and you got no shot. You got no shot. So at this point, not only do you have to somehow get it going, we're getting to the part where it's been that bad, where we actually need the double race to go back to like 97 double race and just start losing games. So the whole thing sucks. Sale, if you signed off on this, then fuck you too. Alex, I don't like the fact that you drew the lineup card and the whole thing with Vasquez at second and Swihart was going to be in left and then they had to do the old... The whole thing sucks. And what the hell? No, no, no. You know what, Steph? You know what this team needs? The guy who's hitting a buck 05 hitting, hitting in, the, in the DH spot. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The whole, lineup was, the whole lineup was, well, maybe we'll win, but we probably won't. But we want to get guys. It, oh, my God. And it's then did you see the comment Cora made later? Like, you, you, you may see lots of changes this year. Though, you know, I really thought about this lineup. You may see other changes like that. Why? Hey, because hey Cork, nobody can get it done? I mean, you look, Steph, you're dead on. The whole look, the whole thing sucks. And 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 the fan base, the three of us and Liz and, and general the generally the fan base is like we're giving you the benefit of the doubt because you just win the World Series. We're giving you the benefit of the doubt because we know it's a marathon, not a sprint. But we're getting to the point where maybe we might want to start treating it as like a jog, you know, like somewhere in between. The whole thing sucks. Sale not starting today sucks. And by the way, if there's anybody out there that disagrees with it, you're wrong. I thought everything about today's lineup sucked. <laughs> like what? everything. I didn't understand one single bit of it other than protecting players who were scared to let Pedroia play second in the rain or in inclement weather or if it might be slippery. That oh, that's great. Reason, if that was but, the reason, I'm about to go off the deep end. I <laughs> I don't know if that's the official reason, but it's a theory. Why do you put him as DH when we have no second baseman and you put Vasquez at second? Seriously. Seriously. Oh, you're right. And you know what? Vasquez was going to be my shout-out because, like, props to him, man. <laughs> yeah, let me. I want to touch on Pedroia, but let me just point out one thing about the the Rays. I refuse to say Devil Rays, um, <laughs> but the the truly scary thing here, on top of what Jeremy already underlined, is that they've got a really good farm system, and they can go get literally anything they want 
at the trade deadline. They want to go get Madison Bumgarner. They can go get him. The Giants are sucking right now, by the way, so that's entirely possible that he'll get dealt. Uh, they can sign Dallas Keuchel tomorrow for money only. This is a team that will probably improve and has the pieces to do it. So <laughs> it just makes me all that much more uncomfortable. Um, getting over to Pedroia, as you guys were touching on, him and DH fucks this team in so many ways because that means J.D. Martinez has to go to the outfield. Not a very good defender. We've already seen it this year already. And they even had to put Vazquez at second today just so we can get Pedroia's 105 hitting bat in the lineup. And, and maybe there were no other options, but even on a day when a couple people don't have the flu, that's unacceptable. The, he provides zero value in the DH role. And if that keeps happening... They just gotta, they have to do the they got to make the painful decision and cut him. I mean, we knew his career would probably be short. He's been injury prone the whole time, and he's on the same schedule Euclid was. Euclid was thirty five when he got done. I think he tried to go to Japan and lasted a couple of months before he had a back flare up. And same with Nomar. We knew he wasn't going to be around for a really long time, and. What if Pedroia goes back on the DL for an extended period of time? He he turns 36 in August. He'll be 37 next year. He's just clogging up a roster spot. <laughs> I know he's owed... Hard, know, it's uh, hard to disagree with that. It's, By the way, it's not just the 105. He's he's His on-base percentage is 150. He's had one walk. And then not only that, like he's the two hits have both been single, so he's slugging one hundred five. And well, we're just two fifty five, and I know it's five games, and I know it's only twenty at bats, but well, he's the offering. Well, huggers are ready to at you right now to let you know that. Well, guess Laura what? Bring them on. That Bring them on. Always gets up to bat, and it's a shitty situation when he's up to bat. So poor him. Yeah, it's so shitty. He's getting paid like $25,000 in at bat. He's facing pitching that it, just like the rest of the the lineup. I mean, he sucks. All right. And and by the way, no one's talking about his leadership right now. No one's really Terry had a pretty good tweet today and I hate to do this cuz I'm I, I <laughs> actually have Number 3. Number 3. upside down. I've been sitting on this. I've been sitting on this. He had a pretty good tweet today. I'm not going to bring it up because I'm not going to read it verbatim because I don't want to give him that much credit. But it was something to the effect of, by the way, has anyone noticed that the media hasn't asked Cora anything about the little leader? Not, hey, you know, the little leader is back. You know, good for him. No, not even that. Or, hey, you know, a little more critical. Like, hey, the little leader's there, but he's not really producing. I, I tried to tell you guys this, and I think I did privately. It's state media. The Red Sox has a death grip on this media group, and if they don't want us to know something, we're not going to know. And they've read they read the report before. Terry, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you can get a press pass for for our podcast. <laughs> On my own expense, I will fly to Boston. I'll sit in that room and I will ask Alex Cora about the little leader, and I will oh, call yeah, me him. Me too. Me too. 
Well, what's going to so, happen? Hey, 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 hey Steph, don't take credit for my idea. That's not <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. I'll take your notes for you. What do you need help with? No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I can't. I apply for a press pass. I'll fly up there. I'll sit in the press room, and I'll raise my hand, and I'll stand up in my 10 years too tight Dustin Pedroia jersey. I don't have one, but I can figure something out. And I will ask, hey, Alex, I wanted to ask you about the little leader. Uh, he really hasn't been productive. How long do you plan to stay by him? I'll, I'll uh, verbatim, someone write that down. I will fly up to Boston and do it if we can get a press pass. Because it sucks that no one else is doing it. I agree, Terry. Um, you know, the fact that John Henry owns the major publication, a, a newspaper in Boston, uh, the fact that uh, everyone is, um, you know, we had Christopher Smith on this podcast. I respect the hell out of Christopher Smith. Uh, I didn't actually put him in the position to ask him this, but I would love to maybe 10 years from now, if he's in a different role, ask him, you know, how much do you fear what you report on or say uh, as far as the Red Sox reaction and basically just, ostr- uh, you know, just get basically getting rid of you and saying you're, you can't be here anymore uh, because that's the way it feels. And you're dead on right. And, and I, by the way, for the podcast listeners that think I'm joking when I say I hate agreeing with Terry, it, that's not fake. I do hate agreeing with Terry. <laughs> so I, I'm, when I say this, I'm being 100% genuine. Well, You're dead on right, Terry. Three You're times right. tonight. The media, is, uh, the media is bought and paid for. Um, yeah. Just for the record, I think... So I don't know if we're in the upside down or what's going on, but just thought somebody should write that down or something. You, you broke up. You I, should, I'm, I trust me when I tell you. I'll, I'll say what I. I'll do what I say. A hundred percent. Hang on. So, I I'm gonna uh, blow my own we, horn here. I I had this was my favorite tweet that I did today. It wasn't my highest engaging tweet, but. If you saw the first Ace Ventura movie, uh, I tweeted out, I said, Dustin Pedroia huggers are exactly like Ray Finkel's mom. They think he's coming back, but he's hitting 105 and he's never coming back. (laughs) That's another one. I can appreciate an Ace Ventura quote. I can appreciate it. Somebody somebody put a gif from the movie in. It, uh, It said... Hi, I'm here for Ray Finkel, and that's when the father pulls the gun immediately, and he goes, and a new pair of shorts, or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie. Hang on, one more. I took a jab at Yankee fans. This one uh, did really good today. I said, because it was Jackie Robinson Day, and for the casual fan, what <laughs> happens on Jackie Robinson Day is everybody wears number 42, because that was his number, and it's one of... I can't. I don't, it's one of the only numbers retired. There might be one more. I, I can't remember. But 42, nobody can wear it. But Mariano Rivera could wear it because he had that number before it was retired. So he was kind of grandfathered in, and he happened to pitch for literally 16 more years. So I, I had this thing where I said, Yankee fans tomorrow, and then I put it in quotes, why is every team wearing Mariano's number today? Because that's how fucking stupid they are in New York, you know. But you know, but no one, no one loves ethering a fan base like I love ethering New York. Bunch of freaking scumbags. Yeah. Uh, yell twenty-seven rings when they've been alive for one of them. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> uh, 
So, but with that said, on a serious note, I I really like the the homage to Jackie Robinson. I think today is cool. I've thought that that way for a long time since they've been doing this. I really and, and it's weird when like everyone's forty two and what, but it's cool. I like it. I think it pays a really important um, homage to a, a part of baseball that's you know. So I I I, I and. Twitter can be a weird day today with this because there's some people out there for whatever reason hate it. I, I really do like it, and I like that baseball specifically identi- identifies someone that, that's that important to the sport and then is willing to take that step to uh, to do that. And by the way, it's not like they sell 42 jerseys specifically. They're not... They're not doing it for marketing purposes. They're not doing it to sell jerseys. They're literally just paying homage to one of the most important players in the history of the sport. So just a little side note here. I think today's really cool. I think the way that Major League Baseball handles you know, what I call Jackie Robinson Day, it's, it's really, really cool, and I really appreciate it every year. I totally agree. What I don't appreciate today, though, was an 8, 10 a.m. for me start time for the game. Like, hi, I have work. <laughs> it's the only well, it's marathon Monday. It's a special day, and when I, I was know it's cool because we weren't at school and we got to watch baseball early. They don't celebrate it in Florida. They don't spell it, uh, celebrate it in California. No, it's they do not. Yeah, I literally, you know, I'm I'm working today, and I'm, I'm not going to be real specific about what I was doing. But uh, cell phones are not really appropriate. But you know, maybe had it on my leg with the ESPN app just to just to continually see runs being added. Yeah. Um, the whole thing, you know, look, today sucked. I don't want to talk about it. But anyways, um, we got five minutes before Chris Saunders comes back. And I, I, I would like to just quickly hit, shouldn't take too long because we have a two-game set coming up against the Yankees. Uh, we got a 635 tomorrow. Chris Sale, awesome ERA, 0-3-9 ERA. He has eight strikeouts, by the way, in those in those starts. That's the whole so year. pathetic for a guy who went 300 a few years ago. Against James Paxton, uh, one and two with a 6-0 ERA. I'm going to turn to Terry and, and, and Steph here in a second uh, for the specifics of the game. The second game is Wednesday, again, 635. Weird start times. Uh, going to be hard for me to get home in time to see, uh, you know, first pitch. But a Valdi 0-0 with an 8-4 ERA. Uh, against J.A. Happ, two with an eight seven six. This is like survival of the worst. Um, everyone's got a everyone's got a touchdown ERA or, or worse, except for Paxton, who's got a six. So, uh, you know, Terry, you want to hit hit us quick with your thoughts on uh, the breakdown for these uh, two games? Well, first of all, Sale might not even be on the mound when you get home. Then. Um, he he, coming into Love this game, up. we still don't know what the hell Chris Sale is. I mean, we're we're just as confused when he comes out of every game, you know. So I don't know what to expect from him. Fortunately, Paxton has had his struggles. I think he only lasted three innings in a recent start. His pitch count went up to seventy uh, something real fast. So. Uh, he's a guy that's kind of struggling right now, so it could be a pissing contest offensively. Um, more of our lineup is healthy than than theirs is, so um, and the same could be said for for both games, really. Uh, Jay Happ 
you know, like you said, eight seven six ERA on the year, which surprises me because he's been pretty consistent over the last four or five years. But um, but yeah, I just anything can happen. I mean, we could win them both, we could split, we could lose them both. I have no idea. And the the fun thing about these series is in a rivalry, anything can happen. Literally anything. The team that wants to win usually brings it and it, you know makes a hell of a game out of it. And and it doesn't matter who's injured, who's starting. It's just it's part of the magic that that happens between these two teams. So, um, like I said they're earlier, gonna, they're going to split. They're going to split. Both teams are just in a bad way. The Red Sox are theoretically keeping uh, catching the Yankees at a good time with all the injuries, and Batances now is out seven to eight weeks with the with the thing. Um, but with that said, all right, you, you'd think that this would be the time for Chris to get going against the Yankees, so it's still a rivalry game. Everyone's hurt. Their entire situation's fucked. They're like literally, they got ten guys on the DL. They're going to split the series. And then, you know, just the way it's going to be. It's the way it always is with the Yankees. It was different last year, but last year was different. Last year was a one-off. Last year you win 108 games and, and eviscerate the playoff process and just, you know. But they're going to split the series. I feel real confident in that. Uh, whether And who knows which way it goes. It could be, you know, they win 17-10 to 10, uh, because they score the extra touchdown, and then they lose 13-10 to 10 because the Yankees kick the field goal to win it. I don't know, but it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be one of those situations, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, I was just going through some of the the hitting stats. I'm not really gonna get too specific here, but uh, Paxton has not looked good against the Red Sox in only a couple starts. Pedroia is the lowest hitter on there, uh, hitting a hundred. Everybody else is two fifty or higher. There's a lot of three thirty threes. Bradley is a four twenty nine hitter, and these are short sample sizes, only a couple of starts, but. Who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we 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 catch some spark here. And this was when he was pitching fairly well. So he's not pitching well right now. So anyway, and and and, and quickly for the for everyone's going to remember this at bat, the home run last year uh, on that you know thirteen pitch at bat where Mookie yeah. turns toward the dugouts and and you know it's just getting and just raising the roof and doing and then he almost trips over first base and he's you know snapping his fingers or that was against ja happen his second to last start against the blue jays last year so the red sox do have some success against ja hap uh, mookie specifically hit that huge grand slam after that you know th- ridiculous at bat so and he's sucked he has absolutely sucked just as bad as uh avaldi and sale so uh, you know it's going to be interesting the red sox had him out of that bet the over bet the over, bet the over. The Red Sox had him out of that playoff start, and I think somewhere in the fourth inning. So he's uh, he's had some early exits, but uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Jeremy, we'll uh, we'll cut you loose until uh, I'm guessing is either what? I'm not, no, actually, yeah, Wednesday night we'll be back on quick turnaround. <laughs> so we, yeah. we uh, Terry, uh, we'll talk offline, but we could also do it. Th- Thursday night with the off day to let this podcast breathe a little bit, but I'll let you to make that decision. Good night, guys. Yeah, good night, good night. Jeremy. All right. I should have uh, been a little bit more of a professional and had Chris ready to go like I 
do. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we're going to talk some Yankees here with Chris Saunders, probably the most frequent flyer uh, since I started this podcast. One of my favorite go-to guys, even if I just need someone to uh, fill in, he's uh, very knowledgeable and and uh, despite the rivalry, we uh, we you know it's always civil. Unlike uh, Jeremy and I, sometimes, and I know Jeremy would agree yeah. with that. That would be the fourth time we agreed tonight, which wow. uh, which would be a record. So uh, I think we're. I don't know if he's getting dialed or not. I'm uh, I'm not very good at uh, technology. You're <laughs> probably way better than I am. I'm not sure about that. No. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, can't find him. Oh, there he is. Let's see if we can get him on. Oh. Now I just lost Stephanie. And uh, yes, my noobness is uh, showing. I always joke that I'd be better off being the co-host. Nothing. All right, so let's try to get Stephanie back. Weird the uh, ringtones. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, told you I don't know my way around Skype. Yeah, I'm gonna try it again. We'll see what happens. Oh, here we go. I think it's this phone. I need to... This is my old phone, which I got done with in uh, September. So it's basically just a, a tablet or whatever. Right. Yeah. So using as that. Here he is making his return. Uh, it's been a couple of months, I think, since Chris has been on. But you with us, Chris? Hey, what's up? Hey, not too much. Um I'm a bad host tonight, and I didn't get your credential. So before we get rolling, uh, you know, give everyone, if they're new, and I think we do have quite a few new people uh, listening now, uh, just give us some background where they can find you. They can find me at my Instagram is Saunders underscore talent, and then my Twitter handle is C Saunders talent, and I'm a play-by-play broadcaster for quite a few companies, the Northeast Sports Network, as well as a couple radio stations. And I also broadcast for the Bristol Blues during the summer, which is a Futures Collegian Baseball League team. Very good. So, question number one. What the fuck is wrong with your Yankees? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Honestly, the, the easiest question, and I'm, you know, you know me, I'm not someone to make excuses, but when 95% of the roster is on the DL in terms of the lineup, man, I mean, we don't have our catcher. We don't have our third baseman. We don't have our shortstop. We don't have the backup to the shortstop. We don't have our DH slash part time left fielder. We don't have our center fielder. I mean, we're missing guys left and right, man. I mean, it, I, I get it. Baltimore, Sox, all these crappy teams. I get it. They should be able to beat them over. 
but when you're using guys that you weren't on a regular basis, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I kind of expect them to struggle, and it's going to be for a while because I honestly can't see, you know, Hicks and Sanchez coming back anytime soon. Do any of these injuries, like, irritate you? I mean, some players, I mean, Jacoby Ellsbury would, you know, when we had him, he would go on the DL. I just get so irritated, you know, with his lack of durability. Like, I mean, Sanchez going back on, and I I heard today, I mean, he's expected to be back not much beyond the, the 10 days, but... Are you frustrated with any player on the DL specifically? I, I mean, other than Hicks, because when we signed him, I did like the signing, but at the same time, I know he's a guy that has a hard time being able to stay healthy. And, you know, I said to a bunch of people, if he could stay healthy for 140 games, I'd be happy with that. But the way it's looking right now, I mean, I don't even think he's doing baseball activities. So, and with back injuries, you know, for any any player, pitcher, hitter, doesn't matter. You know, it's something you have to be careful with because the back is what, you know, that creates so much of the torque and the power. If you don't, if your back is gone, you're not going to do anything as a hitter. And he relies on that, especially being the center fielder. So I would say the Hicks one is probably the one that, you know, irks me the most. Yeah, and that was an interesting one. And that's, you know, I think it was seven years, 70 million. So. Ten million per yep. year. That's not a huge contract. I mean, it's not gonna hinder you guys like the you know the Chris Sale one potentially could could hurt us. <laughs> but um, but I was a little surprised. I mean, you know, with Ellsbury, you know, it just seemed like a a lighter version of that contract, and I, I was just really surprised you went that that long with him. I mean, you got Clint Frazier who. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's still with the team, but I know he, he had a home run recently and was contributing a little bit. And it's not like, you know, it's not like you guys don't have depth, you know, when, when people are healthy. No, but I will say the outfield depth has been hurt a tad the last year and a half, two years. I mean, if you think about between the trades with Rutherford when we got Canely and Frazier and Robertson. You know, you think about Fowler, who we traded away for Sonny Gray, which that was a cool, you know, that was just terrible what happened in um, then, then you got J.K., Mason Williams, and all these guys and they traded. They kind of took a little bit of their depth away. And the one guy that they kept other than yell was Clint Frazier. And I kept saying it was just healthy. He had so many concussions that he get like just was able to stay healthy. He has that Chris, you're you're pretty choppy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think you were uh, you were cutting in and out, but you, you were talking about Clint Frazier, were you not? Yeah. Yeah, and if he does stay healthy, I mean, he, he will be a contributor. He has to be. It's yeah, the only way. Exactly, yeah. And you sound excellent now. So, um, All right. Um, so, 
any frustration with leadership at all with the team? I mean, we've talked in the past, you know, like how how defined is Aaron Boone's role, you know, versus the, you know, the analytics department. And I was a little kind of taken aback by that brief interview Aaron Judge had, you know, in, in response to Boone saying they were going to turn a corner. So any any leadership issues that you're concerned about? I mean, again, it's hard to really say because so many guys have been hurt. I mean, it, it'd be much easier to say if the team was fully healthy and we were struggling, then I could say, you know what, maybe it has something to do with it. But at the same time, so many guys have been hurt. I mean, everyone was healthy for the most part last year, except with a couple of Knicks here and there. They won 100 games. You know, they start out 9-9. They're six and nine now. I mean, it's also so early in the season, to be honest with you, Terry. I'm not too concerned. I mean, everyone keeps, you know, going crazy after every loss and you know, Yankee fans are flipping out on Twitter. I mean, honestly, I'm just going with well, no, I'll be more concerned if they're struggling going into July. Then I'll say, you know what, it's time to But right now it's so it's April. It's April. Yeah, and I mean, I, the frustrating thing for us is we're mostly healthy other than maybe, you know, Chris Sale. And I mean, that's a big mystery to us. But, you know, all of our roster is basically on the field playing and we're not performing. And you guys are more than holding your own, at least in terms of hanging in there with us. And, and, and you got a lot of holes, you know, throughout your um roster at the moment um severino you know there's what's going on with him because there was a shoulder issue and now there's a, there's a lat strain which just showed up like what what's going on there like is there miscommunication why wasn't why weren't both you know, injuries detected at the same time. Well, I, well, when they went for the shoulder injury, they didn't really, you know, the MRI, they weren't going in thinking there would be something else. They just wanted to see if there was, you know, any damage to the shoulder. No, I wasn't a part of obviously going, you know, the motion trying to figure out, you know, what was the extent of their research trying to figure out what was wrong with them. But one thing for certain was they went to the MRI, nothing came back negative shoulders they just make okay go we have you know take season this thing at the time people thought that they'd be able to survive get at least the soft schedule not knowing that they would have to start line up ninety five percent Chris you're you you keep cutting out can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah you were talking about how you weren't worried about it because the schedule was so light, you know, so yeah. you know easy. Yeah, the schedule, you know, it was light, so they thought that they'd be able to get through it. But the problem is, though, they've had, you know, bouts of injury. Severino's not going to be back until after the All-Star break. And maybe this is a well, You know, this is a guy that's thrown 99 miles per hour from the first to the ninth. Maybe right. a little bit off. What, you know, what might you do going forward to address 
you know, your rotation because you don't really know what's going on with Severino. You're kind of hoping Sabathia will stick it out for the rest of the year, but you can't be positive there either. Could there be a trade, you know, in the near future? Do you go after Dallas Keuchel? Like, how do you see them resolving this, you know, externally, if at all? I don't see them going after Keuchel. I just, I don't see it just because of the money factor. And, you know, he, his best year was his Cy Young year. And ever since then, his ERA has been going higher and higher. You know, he's a fly ball pitcher. Yankee Stadium is not a fly ball haven by any means. You know, fly balls go there to die. They hit home runs there. So, I don't see Keiko being an option. And the Yankees don't want to give up the draft pick. You know, Cashman has said multiple times he's going to stay within that, you know, within the organization. And Gio Gonzalez is a guy that maybe might be called up. I mean, he has the 20th. And then if they don't call him up, then he could, he could, he could uh, you know, opt out of his contract and become a free agent. So I think they're going to call him up just because of the struggles and, you know, with the rotation with Hap. And, I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Paxton tomorrow after what, you know, I called last week. He was tipping his pitches against the Astros, point blank. He got rocked. Yeah, and with Keiko specifically in the draft pick that's attached to him and, and Kimbrell probably you know in the same boat as well um, do you think it's just simply a waiting game for the draft and then the bidding is going to get fast and furious at that point I think it will because once the draft pick compensation has gone there's going to be teams you know left and right trying to sign these guys I think you know both of them are stubborn they both want their money, and I can't fault them for that. But at the same time, you know, they have to realize that by the time they're ready and ramped up to go, you know, yeah, like how long is it going to take them to be able to be ready? Because they could very well sign after the draft. They could sign in July. And I know for at least Kimbrell, there's going to be a lot of suitors because you look at how many bullpens are just blowing up left and right. You know, starters are not going as long can be, albeit the first week of the season, I think there was 26 starts that went 6 plus, 7 plus innings, so that was a good start you know, to the season, but at the end of the day, you know, it's going to come full circle and come back to earth where bullpens are going to be used a lot more than starting pitching has been the last few years. Especially with the small market teams. Exactly. And I wouldn't I wouldn't count out, you know, I know the Brewers have, you know, been okay, and they've been, you know, for the most part, you know, I know their bullpen took a hit with Knable. Hater's been consistent, which I'm surprised with. But I just can't see that bullpen surviving this year as it did last year, being able to tax as many arms as they did. And I know they have Woodruff in the rotation. Uh, Corbin Burns is up there as well. Freddie Peralta is another one. And I get it. They're young kids. They're doing well now. But you're asking three guys who have not thrown more than, I think it's like 150, 160 innings. You know, I don't even think some of them have matched over 100. So, you know, they're going to reach that wall. That's why you need a veteran starter like a Dallas Keuchel. That's why if you put Keuchel with a young patient like the Braves, for example, I think he fits perfectly with them. But I don't see the Braves opening up their checkbook just yet until they see what they have with their team. Right. Absolutely. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris, what's your prediction for the Sox-Yankee series starting tomorrow? 
Uh, it's a toss-up, right? <laughs> yeah, good question. Both teams suck. So. Yeah. yeah. But I, I will say, I think, see, out of the entire series, and I, I get it, you know, everyone says the first game is, like, always the important one because if you win one, then you just got to win the other and you win two out of three, whatever. But because of it being Sale and Paxton, I see that being probably the turning point for one of the teams mainly the pitcher, because I think if Sale comes out and shows that he has his fastball again, his stuff is back, then I think people will start quieting down a tad because that's all people want to see. They haven't seen the 94-95. They haven't really been able to witness the swing and miss from Sale. It's been lack of stuff, and he hasn't even looked comfortable on the mound. And for Paxton, Paxton's stuff has been there, but it's been the consistency in being able to get off on the right foot. Before a start against the Astros, he didn't do well against Baltimore, but then innings two, three, and four, he was more consistent, and then he struggled thereafter. Against Houston, it was the tipping of the pitches. He gave up the home run to Altuve. I mean, there was a lot of things that went on. So I think that game in particular is going to be able to kind of shape what are we going to see throughout the rest of the series and maybe thereafter. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, my expectation is, you know, I don't think he's going to figure it out this series, but, you know, maybe maybe he just treads water similar to the playoffs and, and you know, the offense just, it, it becomes a high-scoring game for both teams. I, I think that first game has the potential to, you know, you know end up, you know, 9-8, to eight, you know, for a final we are battling our own illnesses and injuries a little bit right now. We got Benny out with his his foot, and then we have Holt out with his eye, and then we have Bradley and Nunez who have both been sick. So I think it'll be interesting. I mean, today's lineup for the Sox was uh, weird and wacky to say the least. So <laughs> did you hear about that? Who we put on the field? Vasquez was playing second base. I was like, what? And he was yeah. phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He was good. No, he was good. Yeah. He it, turned yeah. a double play in the first inning. I was like, okay, okay, he, see you. And Mookie threw a laser beam at him from from center, and he caught it and just barely got the the base runner. I forget who it was, but uh, I <laughs> really good, really good. I mean, he's he's already a better infielder than Rafael Devers is. You know, I was just about to say Devers yeah. prepared today that he like it, it was right in his glove, yeah, right in his glove. Yeah. yeah, Devers' errors, I think it was his uh, fifth one for the season so far, and, like, his, I think he's had him consecutively in the last three games, he, he's had errors. And so. the, the frustrating great. thing about Devers is he'll go a few games usually, and he'll make some good plays, and you're like, all right, all right, he's, he's figuring it out, and then he has a bad game, and it's like... It's vicious, yeah. and and you guys are, are having that problem, you know, with Andahar, you know, or at least last season you were. What's going on with him? Have they have they gotten to look at the shoulder and figure out if he's gonna be able to contribute well, this year? Well, the weird thing with his, you know the the weird thing with his shoulder is it's not even you know it doesn't hurt him when he dives when he swings, you know it's 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 like a it, it's no it's almost like an odyssey because. It's partially torn, or it's kind of like the Tanaka thing, where there's an injury, it's partially torn, but it's not affecting him really per se. And I think with that, they just want to see if he's going to get through the rehab 
and maybe even play through it and then potentially have surgery after the season. Could PRP injections, you know, the blood platelet injections, is that viable for a shoulder or no? That is something I do not know. I do know it's used for the UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament. But in all honesty, besides Tanaka, it hasn't, you know, I know a lot of pitchers. I mean, the most recent one was Garrett Richards from the Angels. He had it a couple years ago, and he was able to rehab himself. And he pitched, I think, maybe half the season for the Angels. I may be wrong, maybe a little bit less. And then his elbow was barking again, and he ended up having Tommy Johnson. Now, I know he got signed by the Padres on a two-year deal, and they want to see what he does in year two because year one he's rehabbing. But, you know, the PRP injections are by no means a guarantee. Yeah, Tyler Thornburg on the Red Sox had it, but then he ended up having the uh, thoracic outlet uh, syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris, what do you think of the Rays right now? They're on fire. Well, they're disgusting. I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, I, I when I think of the Rays, I think of a team that give like they basically say, "Give me your worst player, and we'll make him great." And I'm not saying that any of the players they've ever gotten have been bad, but you think about the trade for Archer. They got Meadows, Glassnow, and Shane Bass, who they drafted a couple years ago. The Pirates. Glassnow was a guy who was six foot ten, has a rocket of an arm, nasty curveball, ninety five plus fastball, eighty on the scout scale, but didn't have any command. Couldn't find a delivery that worked. Austin Meadows just needed consistent at-bats, and to a certain degree, I don't think the Pirates were utilizing him to his fullest potential. So what do they do? The, the You know, the Tampa Bay Rays scout him, find a way to be able to say, you know what, we'll take the two guys that you don't want anymore because you don't have patience for them. We'll take them plus the kid you drafted a couple years ago. We'll take those three. You could take Archer, who is never – he's Archer's a guy that's never going to fill out his – you know, his potential is to start. To me, he was always, in my opinion, should have been an Andrew Miller type. Two, three innings, three or four times a week, he'd be nasty. Going back to the trade, Glasnow leads the league or is in the top five for ERA. Austin Meadows was just the player of the week for the AL. I mean, what Tampa does, Fam, I think, has been on base like 48 times. I mean, they just have everything going right for them. And their bullpen specifically are guys that no one's ever heard of if you're just a baseball fan of, you know, just watching baseball. Unless you really follow the team, you don't even know, you can't even name five guys on the team. But they're leading the division right now. Yeah, I, they've been fun to watch and they're going to be hard to catch is our concern. Um, I'll just go ahead with it. What do you think of Blake Snell? Because he's had a yeah. couple of, of games with some double-digit strikeouts. And, uh, you know, some guys, you know, pitch very well. Tampa has a great record of developing starting pitchers. But some of them are, are Tampa aces only, you know, and haven't been great outside of Tampa. Do you, do you think... Archer might be able to put it together again. Uh, not Archer. I just, I no. was just doing this for Snell. Snell for another Snell. Yes. Can... I think Snell could definitely win another Cy Young. I mean, he's, you know, it's it's hard to. I'd have to be able to see the numbers and the stuff and really kind of you know go out and compare. But I would say, 
out of the Tampa aces that I could think of, the prices, the shields, you know, you could just go on and on. I think Blake Snell has the best stuff out of all of them. And mm-hmm. he's younger, and he was able to kind of go through growing pains and just learn how to be able to be a pitcher. I mean, prime example, the year that he struggled before his Cy Young year, he was pitching from the third base side of the rubber. And, you know, I saw on MLB Tonight how they were saying his command was a little bit iffy. He wasn't being able to get the finish on the curveball, and hitters were able to pick up the ball out of his hand. Well, then he moved to the middle. So he did last year. He was a Cy Young Award winner. And Tampa Bay signed him up for five more years. I think he's making $50 million. So they could very well trade him and get back even a bigger hole if they feel like they can't sign him past five years. But Tampa has found a way, like I said, position. They know how to be able to turn guys. I mean, we saw what they were doing close to Rodney and Balfour. Uh, you go down like Coyton, you know, Coyton School back in the day. They had Casper location there. They've been able to do the dark pitching. They're just pitching us. You know, I, I wish teams kind of go that route because they don't. They don't teach their guys to go like 185 plus. They try to pitch. I mean, they did last year with the open. Right, you're you're breaking up, Chris. You know. Oh, there you go. Um, with the Archer deal, and I do mean Archer this time, um, what a terrible move, you know, by Pittsburgh to, I mean, all the red flags were there and they gave up some great talent to, to get him. And I just, I, I don't like the way they're setting up long term. I mean, they did what any team would, you know, give us, give us your, you know, your problem. And put him under our training camp, you know, our our pitching coach, or you know, however you want to call it. Put him in our organization, and we'll figure him out. Every team thinks that, but some guys you just can't pick. And Archer, you just can't pick. Yeah, Houston does a great job figuring it out. Apparently, I mean, Wade Miley's had at least one or two pretty decent starts. I'm surprised the Brewers didn't bring him back, given how cheap he was, and he seemed to do well there last year. No, he wasn't bad. Yeah. But like I said, they wanted to give their young kids Burns, Woodruff, uh, Peralta. They wanted to give him, you know, them a chance to be able to pitch. And you know, the Astros. I mean, we've texted back and forth, you, me, Terry, about how the Astros organization is top notch. They're the best in the league. I'm not going to argue that. What they've done with pitching between Morton, Miley this year, Verlander, who they who they kind of just you know injected back to his age 25 six seasons, you know, they, they've been able to you know, invent baseball and not trying to copy them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll, uh, we got one more question, and uh, Stephanie will. I was just wondering your thoughts, Chris, on the, the London series. Do you have any, are you for it, are you against it, the travel involved, etc.? I'm, I'm all for baseball trying to be able to expand the game, you know, trying to be able to, you know, get as many people to see the great game that we're able to see in the States. I mean, it, it's nice to be able to, you know, I get it. I'm going to the college ranks, but I was watching college baseball a couple of days ago, and I saw a kid from South Carolina who's from Australia. 
And yeah. now, you know, now to be able to see guys from other countries, other than the typical ones that we think of, you know, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, Venezuela, when we get to like Germany, where Max Kepler is from, you think about Australia and some of the guys that we've been able to get from there. It's all about being able to expand the game. And I'm all for being able to play a series in London or in Puerto Rico. I don't want a team there, but I'm okay playing series there because I think it makes the game better. Yeah, I'd like to see a game in Puerto Rico, and I I think this game, these games in London though, are pretty historic, right? It's the first time the Yankees and the Sox have played anywhere, but um, you know, Yankee yeah. Stadium or Fenway. So, well, I think they play in Japan. I think the Red Sox play in Japan in the late two thousands against Oakland, if I recall. They right, did, but I mean, yeah. this rivalry playing each oh, other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. that makes it even more interesting. And I'd love to see a team, you know, in the Caribbean if it was feasible. You know, I, I yeah. don't know if Puerto Rico would be the place or the Dominican or um, probably not Cuba because of the, you know, the government tension or whatever. But um, I just think, I mean, so many players come out of there and the international draft pool is getting bigger and bigger every year as, you know, I'm sure you follow. Um, so I, I just, I think it'd be great for the sport to, to, um, you know, kind of dive into those markets. Do you guys have concerns about the traveling and, uh, you know, jet lag and because there's still games that count towards our record at the end of the day. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I just think it all, I think just, you know, it all depends on making sure they have the right amount of length after they're able to, you know, go and play the games where there is not, you know, they're jumping and playing a game like right as soon as they, you know, as soon as they step on U.S. soil, all right, right. back on again. They need to at least have some time to be able to recoup and get back to being, you know, in the U.S. again. Yeah, I totally agree. Right. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap it up on that, Chris. But we uh, we appreciate you coming on. We'll uh, I'm sure now that the season started, we'll you know we'll try to have you on every few weeks or so at the at the most. I mean, at the at least. I mean, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks it's for coming late. on. We'll uh, we'll vent to each other throughout the series on how bad our teams suck and. You know, <laughs> and then we get Tampa right after, so it's this is probably the first so bad stretch. Us. Yeah, we, we can't beat we can't beat bad teams right now. So anyway, yeah, I think you guys are in better shape long term, though. I still believe that. I don't know if either one of us is going to be Tampa, but I uh, yeah. yeah, we have to get healthy. That's the first and foremost part. You know, if, if we can get half our lineup back and. Just you know, I you know, like I said, I don't think Dallin's going to be back at all this year. I don't think Severino's going to be back till after the All Star break, if that. So it's going to have you know what we have is what we have. Cashman's not going to go out and trade Floreal and Frazier. You know he's not going to go out and trade them. Again. He's shown that over and over again. You know? Yeah. I mean, we could. Who knows? Like when we could lose Sale. I you know we were talking about earlier you know mm-hmm. what these games might be doing you know to to his you know longevity like, throughout the season you know mm-hmm. like the the extra yeah. laboring and you know does he fall off in July this year because of it rather than 
August, September, and you lose him, and Porcello is just so bad right now. Just The guy's just completely lost at five walks in his last start against the Orioles, and uh, mm-hmm. Avaldi hasn't figured it out. Price has. Erod kind of has, but Erod hasn't pitched more than 137, and we don't have the pieces to really go get anyone, so... Unless no. unless Hernandez just catches fire and can come up in late July or whatever and start some games, I just it's tough. You know, maybe maybe you know we tinker with the opener thing a little bit. You know, if if Lakins comes up and you know some of the other guys, Feltman might come up by mid to late summer. So anyway, again, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll we'll be in touch the next couple of days for sure. Definitely. Thank so- you, Chris. No problem. Anytime. Good night. And uh, Stephanie, I guess we'll. I don't. Did we cover the the Walden thing? He did get options. We today. did not. Yeah, yeah. we should have. And we could have. I mean, we could have bitched about Hembry and you know because his ERA is up to five. But I was a little surprised Walden was optioned because he, I was too. Yeah, he's three thirty eight on the year. But some of these guys don't have options, so maybe that's why it it took place. But. Uh, What's your guess, Terry, on who they bring up, or what? At least, what? What do you think they're bringing up? Pitching or infield or a catcher? (laughs) What's your thought? No, it won't be Leon. I I promise. I won't be Leon. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, because that would add. See, they outrighted him, which means his money comes off the books. Like he's still getting paid, but it doesn't count against us. So if we activated him that money comes back on and it counts against the luxury tax. So there's even more like, do you, are you familiar with Rusny Castillo, the Cuban guy? That's like, we're just kind of hiding him down there. Cause he makes 14 million a year and he sucks. Yes. It was just a bad gamble on our part. And, uh, and whenever you go after those Cuban guys, it always is. Cause they've never played professionally. You know, and right. the the White Sox hit really good on Jose Abreu. You know, he's worked out phenomenal. Yoan Moncada was like going to be like the next coming of God, and he was in the sale trade, and he's only just now kind of starting to come around. So it really is hit or miss on those guys, and unfortunately, we missed with uh, Castillo. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. What's there has to be? It has to be a pitcher, doesn't it? Unless, I would think so, but the way our infield's been struggling, maybe they bring up Zue or Sam. I don't know. Yeah, well, one of them would have to go on the know. DL, I think. And Holt's about to do his rehab start. That might actually be tomorrow, where he does a couple of games with Pawtucket yeah. or Portland or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess it's got to be pitching because we're wearing ours out. Yeah, I. That's what I would think. I don't know if they'll bring uh, Pointer up or whatever. I'm pulling up my uh, my Red Sox feed right now, so maybe. I was surprised that it was Walden, though. Yeah, yeah, he he was. He seemed to be uh, fairly. Uh, I don't know, consistent. I I wasn't having a heart attack every time he came into the game. He kind of came out of nowhere last year. He wasn't really on my radar. But yeah, yeah, I got my feet up right now, and let's see. There hasn't been. 
Yeah, and I don't know why they're waiting till morning to announce it. Maybe they have to get hold of the player or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, that's my theory. Be. Yeah, logistics isn't a problem because we're only going to New York. If it were Oakland, then, you know. Right. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Has to be a pitcher, but. Yeah. Looks okay. like Benny and Bradley are still both questionable for tomorrow, too. So. I would Great. think Bradley would uh, have to. You know, I mean, he had the flu, and I guess he was available today in a like a defensive replacement situation. So, and he does have good numbers against Paxton, who we're facing tomorrow. So, I'd be a little surprised, Benny. You know, maybe you don't want to rush that, but but it probably yeah. means JD in the outfield, and I hate that because he's he's not very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, all right. I guess that'll wrap uh, for tonight. Kind of a super long okay. episode. But uh, how long did we go? Oh, not too long. Hour 35. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have you back on, uh, I don't know if it's Sunday or Monday, but either or. After the race. After the race. Oh, that could be a brutal <laughs> show. Oh, man. That could be brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Have a good night. Well, have a good evening and... Uh, Enjoy the Yankee series. Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully it's, it's enjoyable. All right. Yeah, we'll see. All Ep- right, take care. Episode Bye. 124 into the books. Could be a turbulent okay. series. We'll uh, we'll just see. Could be a turbulent season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're six and a half games under right now. Yeah, you know, but out of the division. So, yeah. All right. Have a good night, Stephanie. Thanks, you too. Insane.